Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. Now let's get out there and melt some faces! Hi, thanks for tuning in. Got a new topic for you tonight. Good living tragedy. What? What does that mean? (laughs) I don't know, but it's going to be awesome. Because that's what our show is. Awesome. On a regular basis. Awesome. Consistency is what we thrive for. An awesome tragedy. Yeah. (laughs) Our show parallels the topic this evening. (laughs) So uh, thank you for listening this evening. We are excited. We have another topic. We've got lots of great music in store. Lots of your favorite Christian artists. You're listening to The Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. It's a good living tragedy that we're going to be talking about this evening. A good living tragedy. What the world does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. What we the just world? made it up. We make stuff up as we go. But, you know, the topics are made up, but the, the content's truth. Because the content's from God's Word. So, you know, how can you go wrong talking about God's Word? You can't. It's impossible to go wrong when you're introduced God's Word. Because His Word is truth. The absolute truth. Yeah, we're going to be in uh, Ecclesiastes and uh, some of the gospel, Mark. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Ecclesiastes is a great book to read to kind of get you back to earth when you think that you've got it all figured out. And, um, you know, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about, the people that have it all figured out. And they don't know that they don't have it all figured out. They really think that they, they've got it all and they're ready to roll. But the problem is, is that it's a tragedy because they're living a life that is so me centered and so you know oh i'm just full and fat and satisfied yep and um you know they don't realize that the thing they're lacking is huge the let most me, important thing let me read some characteristics of you maybe tonight me no maybe maybe you maybe if you uh if you agree with these things you know you're um you're a good person you do good stuff um actually anyway your good things that you do outweigh the bad things so you're you know you're doing all right um you're generally happy. You know, I'm not like depresso. You know, I'm generally kind of upbeat, happy, positive. Um, you get good grades in school. You're smart. You know, you have a nice job. You got friends. You have a good life. You know, good American old boys and girls. You know, you're just, you know, you're, you're riding. You're riding nice in your, in your Cadillac or whatever. <laughs> um, is that you tonight? You're like, yeah, it's me, man. I'm just like, I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah, good. That's great. But... Are you really? News flash. <laughs> <laughs> Tragedy. <laughs> Big lightning bolt comes out of the sky and <laughs> zaps you. But um, no, really, are you are you really okay? And that's the the big deception that the enemy's got going. It's the biggest deception he's got going in the, in America, especially, um, is the apparent the apparent view of success and how it turns. It's really not success. It's disaster. And we're going to get into a little bit more on what that all means as we continue. I'm excited. That was John Rubin, Make Money Money. And that's what we love to do. You make more money, so you spend more money, so you need to make more money. And that's all there is. It's true, though. Because what happens is you make money, then you start... You get things that cost more, and then you're right back where you started, and you yep. need more money. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's great, though. It's great to just have things, and buy things, and it's awesome. It's not, you know, our episode tonight is not about, like, materialism and, you know, boo on materialism. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with having nice things. Well, the problem is, is when you are so deceived by the enemy into thinking that that's all you need. Yep. You know, my life is like, you know, I've never had anything bad happen to me. I'm a good person. You know, I I give generously and I'm nice and I get good grades and all that stuff. 
and we allow that our good works and our good stuff to hopefully outweigh the sin that has a penalty of death, and that's the problem that we get into. You know, Jeff was kind of talking about this, but um, I think the biggest deception that the enemy has in this topic tonight is that um, makes us feel all good about ourselves. The enemy loves to do that. It makes us feel like we don't really need God. You know, it's like, well, you're doing all right, and, um, you know, why would you need to fix something that's not broken? Look, your life's not broken. Just kind of go status quo. Why fix it, you know? And, um, of course, then you hear someone like us on the radio going, you know, you need Christ, you know, and, uh, (laughs) you know, sell your life out for Christ, you know, because that's the only way to live. And you're like, but I'm living and I'm all right. So what's the deal? And um, this is a wake up call, y'all. And uh, maybe your life isn't as good as you think it is. And um, in fact, Christ says in the word that our our good works and the things that we do to, to Christ is like filthy rags. It's like disgusting bloody nasty rags so that's what it's like it's dirty it's disgusting and to christ so you know what is it really that god looks at that bails us out and um is what we really need and it's a relationship with him yeah we're talking about you know we've talked about the sin in our life that we need to get rid of and you know oh our sin is just so detestable to god and we need to get rid of it so that god is happy and you know all the things that we hear all the time at church Um, but what about the good stuff that we do in our own strength Do you think that God is like, well, that's not as bad? Well, you know, the Bible says that our righteousness, even our righteousness, is filthy rags. It's like dirty diapers, which Brent and I have seen our fair share of. Yep. Especially when our our sons are sick. They're even dirtier diapers. In fact, changed one today. Oh, man. Bringing it right real. (laughs) What are you going to do? Music truth real. That's what it's all about here. We're in your face. (laughs) Dirty diapers. Laying it on the line. Did you change a dirty diaper today? No. Brent did. What are you going to do about that? You know what? It was a tragedy, too. That diaper was a tragedy. It was. <laughs> but, you know, seriously, like, we really get in this mindset, like, oh, I'm doing so great, you know? like, And, and that's the mindset of the world. It's like, you know, God and religion is good for those people that are weak-minded, good for those people that are struggling. Yeah, they're addicted to alcohol. Yeah, you know, get them some religion. They'll clean their act together. You know, me, you know, I'm strong on my own. I don't need that. That's the pro- problem. Problem. Where did this tasty lick come from? The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. That is a great song by the classic crime called Abracadavers. A little play <laughs> on words there. Um, this is a great, great song because it's like basically this body's walking around. It's all good. You know, on the outside it looks great, but it's dead inside. And that is the biggest, you know, that's what Jesus talks about all the time. He's like, yeah, you look great. Everything's great in your life, you know. No one would know that you're dead on the inside. And that's the truth of the matter, that we everybody needs Jesus. Nobody's above the salvation and redemption of Christ, regardless of your, you know, circumstance or your your worldly status. And, you know, we get deceived by that because we think that if we're successful, then God's happy with us and that we're blessed, you know. But look at all this, you know, I'm just, my life is so good. And, uh, you know, God's actually, you know, it's obviously happy with me. Everybody else who's struggling, God's punishing them. And, you know, they're not, they need to get their act together, but my act's already together. So like Brent said, you know, if it's not broken, you know, don't fix it. Right. Ni- just nix it. No, <laughs> just Nixon, like yeah. the president. <laughs> I don't know. Nix it up. <laughs> and everything that rhymes with X. Yeah. Six. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Pixie <laughs> <laughs> sticks. Mm. Mm. They're good. Unbelievable segment. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. And, um, you know, I, I actually know a lot of people that are what I'm describing. And I think 
um, some of the hardest people as a Christian to tell about Christ and about the Lord are people who think they don't need him. You know, it's like, oh, that's nice for you, you know. Uh, but look, I'm doing good in my life. And, but, you know, if you need the Christ God thing, you know, that's good for you. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you know, have a relationship with God. But I don't, you know, whatever. I'm not really at a point in my life where I feel like I need to go down that road. In fact, I'd probably have to give up a bunch of stuff in my life. And I'm not really kind of like in the mood for that. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's good. And they kind of almost like shoo it away from their own lives and excuse it away because they look at themselves and realize they don't think they need him. But it's interesting, all those people um, who, you know, were in the world, you know, in the in New York City on 9-11. It's amazing how when when it's between life and death, how much all that other stuff and how much you think you need him or you don't think you need him becomes a reality. And you start looking at your life again going, man, what would happen if I died today? Where would I go? And it's like in the quietness of your own heart, you know that something's different, that something's wrong. And um you know, I, 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 I think as as people, we should take inventory tonight as we look at that. Yeah, you know, the thing that frustrates me the most is, uh, you know, and I have no say in how God does things, you know, but one thing I'm always like, God, why don't you just, like, save, like, the biggest star in the world, like, the superstar, whoever is the top most popular person, get them saved right now, you know, and that was, like, it would shock the world, because it's always, like, the people, you know, the B actors, you know, no offense, Stephen Baldwin, but, like... Flintstones 2 you know nobody saw it you know it's always people that it's like after they fall off the radar and they hit rock bottom and they're drug addicted and all that stuff and then they find God and everybody's like oh well it's because you know yeah. and that's they make the fun logic. of that oh you found God was yeah. he lost yeah. you know like they always make fun of that <laughs> and you know I always like you know if we had, if there was someone who had it all and got saved from that status then it would be like wait a minute hold on a second everything we thought about what religion was as a crutch and all those cliches about religion you know as the world calls it i don't see it as religion whatsoever it's a relationship with god that saves us from hell but you know how they see it from their perspective it's like wait a minute we got to take a step back this person had it all together why are they going after god you know why are they adding something else to the mix that was have it all by ace trouble shooter i love that song um the best line in that song is when he says savior born in manger please forgive us born in the end you know, and it's just kind of like the classic thing is like, you know, we, we're so comfortable in our life here, especially in America, but, you know, just in general, you know, we have all these good things and we're, you know, we're just comfortable. You know, we're born in the inn, the nice warm inn. Meanwhile, God, you know, the God of the universe is born in a manger outside at night. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's a good picture because we have this good life that we don't even realize, you know, that that, does, that doesn't amount to a hill of beans in the end. You know, when, when all is said and done. And, uh, you know, that's a great song. I love that song. Yeah. Troubleshooter. Yeah, anyway. it's, a, it's a good song. The Downtown King, which which was a couple songs ago, kind of reminds me of the rich young ruler. You know, it's that, like, guy who's got it all and still feels like there's something missing, you know, at the when he's really honest with himself at night and um, or in the day, whenever he's <laughs> alone, you know, and he really starts thinking serious about his life. He goes, man, there's just something missing, something off. And uh, so he comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, what do I do? And Jesus says, you know, give all your things away. And he's like, what? No, I'm not <laughs> going to do that. Because he finds himself identifying with his things instead of Jesus Christ. And um, those things are temporary, the Bible says, but latch on to things that are eternal. The unbelievable. The ultra. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All right, you know what that sound means. It's time for our unbelievable segment. 
Last song you heard was Dead Man Carry Me by Jars of Clay. But this unbelievable topic fits very, very closely with our real topic, Good Living Tragedy. And it, it, it stems from a lot of frustration, I think. You know, just maybe, it's just me. And it's a social tragedy. It, it really is, is a social tragedy. You know, you see these people that walk in and they're wearing like sweatpants and a t-shirt. You know, I work in, in the industry, whatever that industry <laughs> might be. You know, but I just, I'm around people a lot. They're walking in like sweatpants and flip-flops and t-shirts, tank tops, whatever. And they have Bluetooth headsets on. Like they're in the middle of like a call to NASA or some type of high-tech, you know, make or break scenario. And, you know, they, they were just so hurried that they couldn't even throw some yeah. decent pants They realized on. like in the middle of the plane and the rocket launching that they didn't <laughs> deposit their $3 rebate check. Yeah. Because <laughs> Jeff works at the bank. So yeah. they had to run to the bank to do that real quick before the bank closed in seven hours. And uh, <laughs> so they had to make sure they got that done. Yeah. Um, and but they didn't feel it necessary to like actually remove the earpiece, because um, that conversation, like I said, you know, someone's dying on the other end of that right. phone. Yeah. If they don't, if they don't, it's very necessary. Finish that conversation. Right. People die. That's <laughs> true. I, it's it's the unnecessary gadgets, unnecessary gadgets, and the people who shouldn't have them or use them, and it's when totally, they really shouldn't. It's totally a social, you know, it's a sh- social status. Uh, instrument basically it's like i have this therefore i set this level you know i'm up at this level here it's like the 14 year old who has the uh, the big blackberry like huge phone that like you you can't fit in your pockets you have to wear like in a belt holster yeah um (laughs) you know that were designed for people who like were ceos and traveled all the time and needed all their stuff like on their you know they needed like their outlook in their no calendars now i'm a you know i'm a 15 year old girl and i you know or boy and i really need that that much technology with me because I'm gonna who knows when I need Excel on the go. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, get real with yourself. Do you really need all that? Yeah. I need at five thirty five I'm gonna be calling Jimmy. <laughs> then I'm gonna ignore Sam's four forty call because I'm mad at Sam. <laughs> You're like You don't it's so I didn't get, I didn't get a cell phone until I was like twenty years old. <laughs> That's how life should be, people. Wake up and smell the coffee. You are so old. And speaking of which, kids should not be drinking coffee either. That's my own stance. What? But no. no. Kids, drink up, man. 12 to 12 year old kids are <laughs> like, I'm such mm, a coffee. This, this Colombian is much better than that Ethiopian. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just so, naming countries. I'm so not with you on that yeah, comment. Maybe, maybe this unbelievable is more frustration with kids these days having things that I didn't have. Yeah, I and I'm not that far removed from that. I'm really not. I'm not that this much older whole than thing you. thing is just Jeff wishing he had more than he had. Yeah. All right. Very good. It's a tragedy. Still to come on The Alter Life. Break your life into me. Red. Switchfoot. Need to breathe. Alter life with Brent and Jeff. There's got to be something you don't have that you need. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's got to be something that you lack. It's not just the fourth story on your house <laughs> or like, you know, that high tech gadget. No, I got to get started again. Madden, <laughs> Madden 2011 because they added one feature from at Madden 2010. And all the rookies. Yeah, and all the new rookies. That aren't going to play anyway. And meanwhile, in your closet, there's Madden's 99 through 2009 just, like, stacked. Anyway. Uh, 
Jeff, you wish you a, had Madden. I do. I've Madden 04 for the yeah, Wii. You wish you had too. But yeah. it was GameCube. I just bought it because it was $1.99 used. Nice. True story. Nice. <laughs> Good. All right. What are we talking about tonight? <laughs> good living tragedy. Yeah, the tragedy is that people can live so good that they forget that they need Christ. and Or maybe not that they don't forget. They just excuse off their need for Christ because they're doing so well. And um, it seems like the most desperate times in my life are the times where I feel like I need Christ the most. You know, I mean, the circumstances in my life are the most desperate. Um but, you know, David in the psalm says that, you know, his soul is always crying out for the Lord. His, he's always in need of Christ. And whether we feel like it or not, we always need him. And um, that's the reality. And tonight, if you don't feel like you need him, yeah, you do. So <laughs> <laughs> That was Adam Watts with Meaningless Things. And we're talking about this good living tragedy topic. And, you know, the, the epitome of this is Solomon. When you see... All the things that he said about, you know, look at all the stuff that I did. You know, if anybody could be praised and could take solace and enjoyment in out of what he had accomplished, Solomon was the one. I mean, he had more money than anybody. He was wiser than anybody. He had more women than anybody, which is basically what everybody wants now. They want to be smart, successful, sexy. You know, everybody wants that thing. And he had it all. And what did he say? He said it was all vanity. It was all just grasping for the wind, which is <laughs> impossible, basically. You try to grasp something and there's nothing there. And, you know, not just in the material sense, but just in the sense of my life is all together. Everybody would look at it and say, that guy doesn't need anything. And usually it's easy for us as Christians to look at the person who has so little because they'll they'll be more willing to accept what you have to offer them. You know, because they have nothing. So, yeah, sure, I'll listen to you talk about Jesus because you're going to hand me a bag of groceries along with it. Meanwhile, you know, we'll try to talk about somebody about Jesus. And like Brent said earlier, like, they're like, all right, that's great for you. But, you know, look at my life. Everything's great. You know, I don't really need something else in the mix, (laughs) you know. They confuse the eternal with the temporal. Like, look at your house. I mean, you live in a three-bedroom, one-bed, you know, whatever house. And, you know, I live in this big mansion over here. Look yeah. at me. Like, you drive a beat-up old Nissan Maxima, and uh, I drive a Lexus. You know, yeah. it's like, and they, they look and they compare the the earthly status and say, well, of course you need God. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like almost this prideful, like, um, out of touch with reality kind of thing. And, you know, if they had all that stuff and it was gone and they were left with nothing, what would they have? Yeah. You know? You know, if you had Christ, you could say, yeah, I had Christ, because I know he's going to be with me at all times. Um, but, you know, the reality is, is like, all this stuff is temporal. It all passes away. Solomon said, you know, at the end of my life, it's all going to go to somebody else, and they're going to just basically spoil it all. Yeah. So, you know, it's pointless. And what is the only thing that has a point? It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And um, if that's not, if you're not rocking a relationship with Jesus Christ tonight, then really what do you have to say for your life? You know, really, it really amounts to nothing in that case. And I think we can get in trouble when we start to do I have nothing, I have everything comparisons because there's always the middle ground that we forget about. And, um, you know, those are the people that are willing to continue to pursue the material, the social success um, without realizing they need to pursue God. You know, the people that have everything, they're still longing for something and they don't know what it is because they have it all. You know, so they might be a little more receptive, but there's the people that are like, you know, my life is good. Everything's fine. I don't really need anything else. If I do, I can go and get it, you know, and it's just this like complacency. And that's a tragedy because they look at the people, obviously, that, you know, are desperate for something. And they're like, of course, they're going to run the religion or God because that's what they need. 
Um, you know, the next couple of songs that we have to close out the night are just going to continue to talk about this team. Hopefully, you'll be encouraged. And, um, you know, the enemy, remember, we say it all the time on The Altar Life, but the enemy is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He is roaming the earth looking for who he can eat up. And he's our enemy. You know, he's not a friend. He's not just like, you know, just just there but doesn't impact us. No, he is anti-us. And um, his biggest deception is to make everything seem like it's okay when it really isn't. And, um, you know, I don't want to be an alarmist. I'm not trying to make everyone all freak out about their life. But what I do want to do is encourage everyone. And I believe the Lord, you know, he, you know, we did the series on the Revelation churches. And he says, you know, you know, you used to be all excited about me, but you're kind of like lukewarm now. And it's like worse. It's like worse than cold and, and hot. It's like you're playing this middle road. And, um, you know, the deception is that that's okay because, you know, you're doing all right. You know, look at your life. You're good. Um, and, you know, it's like the thing that says, you know, the good news sounds like real nice and everything, but, you know, it's not really necessary for me right now. You know, the, you know, I, I know I should be having my devotions in the morning. I know I should be um, seeking the Lord on this decision, but, you know, I've done all right so far with myself, so I'm just going to keep going. And it's that complacency that um, breeds uh, a disaster and a tragedy later. And, um, you know, my, my hope and prayer is that tonight we don't have to wait for a tragedy to happen in our lives um, before we can just run to Christ and, and ask him, what do you want from us, Lord? Uh, because the tragedy will bring <laughs> will bring us to seek our souls, you know, go inside and really seek out what the Lord wants. Um, but maybe, hopefully, we can get there without the tragedy. Because I don't know. I don't like tragedy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't have to be, you know, looking for Christ in the middle of my tragedy and catching up for all, you know, in lost times. <laughs> yeah, because so. what happens, you know, there's a lot of us. You know, I'm not one of the people that was saved out of, like, this horrible thing. I, you know, I grew up in the church and can't pinpoint the day that I became a Christian, but you know, there is a, there's a scary thing that can happen when you come out of this terrible life. And at first you're like right way on fire. Cause there's a huge contrast. But then as you grow in the Lord, as you get comfortable, you start to get lulled to sleep by the enemy. And then those things that you thought you would never go back to can start to become, you know, a temptation to you. We don't want to let that happen. The word of God, just was just thinking about this, um, that, the Word of God says that the broad is the way that leads to destruction, you know, and narrow is the path that leads um, to the kingdom. And I think, you know, broad is the way. You know, there's a lot of people that are going down the path of destruction, and they're thinking that it's a great path. I mean, the path is nice. Look, it's broad. It's big. Look, we all fit on it. Um, it probably looks real nice along the way, and it's just leading to the wrong place, you know. And um, I think that's what we're trying to say tonight is that, you know, Christ has desires for us to be on the path that's straight and narrow, and that doesn't, you know, that doesn't, um, that doesn't have everybody on it, and doesn't look the most attractive sometimes in this world. But the ultimate end is glory. The ultimate end is heaven, where the jewels will be outstanding, and the, um, you know, there won't be any tears. You know, it's it's just an amazing place. So, so we have to look forward to. You know, there's no lukewarmness here. You know, you can't sit on the fence and be happy with, you know, I'm, I got a little bit of God, I got a little bit of stuff, I got a little bit of my own life, and I'm just going to do good stuff. You know, when do we ever think that we could do good things in order to make God happy? It's the biggest deception of the enemy. He's like, you know, live a good life. You know, we always think that the enemy gets us to go off and be apostate or, you know, go off and just live in a deliberate sin or something like that, but... If he can't do us to do those things, he's deceptive. He's going to get us complacent to the point where we, we're apathetic 
and then we just become in bondage to that whatever you know whatever that thing is that we're involved in and you know it may be just complacency you know that is our that's the thing where he's going to get us stuck there so we're not you know we're still going to heaven but we're not leading others there we're not effective we're not anything we're just yeah, there we're just, <laughs> we're just big blobs <laughs> masses yeah i mean Blobbing. when you fail to stand up yourself and say you know i'm gonna live a life that is a good life because of the good life that jesus lived and and then took that took the rewards of that life and imputed it into my life you know that's that's our motivation if you're just gonna live and do good stuff you know hopefully your good stuff will outweigh your bad stuff and then gotta look down and say you know what there's a lot of people on death row for murder and rape and stuff so they're obviously out but you eh, sure come on (laughs) you know that that's we all joke around that, like, yeah, well, you can't, you can't earn your way to heaven. But how many of us really try? You know, yeah. <laughs> it's true, and and I see it regularly that there are people in the church, and they they nod their head when the pastor says, "You can't do anything to get into heaven except except Jesus Christ." And they're like, "Yes, Amen." Except they spend their entire life trying to do good things to get into heaven instead of doing the one thing that God asks us to do, which is to surrender to Him and to live our life according to His will. Not according to what we want. And, you know, we'll do a lot of good stuff in the process. And hopefully the fact that we ignored God's will altogether, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll overlook that and let us into heaven. That's a tragedy if you're going to live that way. Do we have a good life? Do you have a good life tonight? You know, I just want to ask you flat out. Let's be honest with ourselves and say, you know, are you are you living a life that's good? And I'm, I'm happy for you. <laughs> but, um you know, don't be one of those people that say, well, the good news sounds nice, but it's not necessary. Don't want to be one of those people that say, well, I'm all right. I go to church. I go to youth group. That's enough, right? You know, be someone who has a life for Christ and wants to live their life on the altar for him. And um, if we do that, then we'll honor the Lord Jesus Christ. So until next week, be cool cats and live for Christ. (laughs) 